0: The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to Economist.com and get your first month free.
1: Today on The Roy
0: Green Show on AM 900 CHML. Aaron Driver. we got the music out there. Aaron Driver, the name that you've heard time and again over the last several days across this country. ISIS-supported living in uh, Strathroy, Ontario. Under a terrorism peace bond, he, uh, he died in Strathroy after a confrontation with the RCMP. And following the explosion of a device in a taxi that a driver had called, there are lots of questions that remain about his actions, his uh, identification, and his death. And one of the questions is, how did a taxi get through the police tight security around the house? to where Driver was living. There are a lot of questions, a lot of issues that need to uh, to be dealt with, and a number of questions were asked of Strathroy uh, municipal officials by residents um, last night or the night before. Scott Newark, former security advisor to the federal and Ontario governments following 9-11. He's the vice chair of operations for the National Security Group and co-authored a view from the front, which led to the Arming of Canada's Border Guards. As you know, Scott joins us on this program regularly. Former Crown Attorney in Alberta has done uh, many things, including being a Senior Policy Advisor to the Federal Public Safety Minister. So, Scott, what's the um, what's the first issue, the first question that needs to be dealt with when we're looking at the history of Aaron Driver? Here's a guy who had this peace bond, terrorism-related the, uh, his, his ankle bracelet uh, w- was ordered removed by a judge. Um, there's so many questions that are that, just floating around in, in my brain. What do, what, what do you want to know first and foremost?
1: Well, um, actually, I, I wrote a brief piece for the uh, Frontline Security magazine about this because after an incident like this, there is always what's known as a debrief where um, the operational authorities, the RCMP will sit down and they 'll go through all of the the kinds of issues that you just mentioned, uh, including some of the stuff that's still actually ongoing, like what was the actual cause of death it 's not entirely clear whether it was the explosion that killed him or whether or not it, whether it was actually shots fired by the police they're going to want to take a look at the specifics of the uh, of the wiring of the uh, the bomb equipment that may lead them to uh, provide some clues as to whether he had some assistance or not those kinds of operational things. But the part that I was writing about was more about the larger systemic issues because, uh, look, this was a tremendous success from uh, the operational perspective of the RCMP and the OPP and local police services in being able to stop this uh, murderous terrorist. Uh, And that needs to be recognized. But you also want to sit down and ask the kinds of questions that, that you've raised and that, indeed, the people... Uh, who were in that community have raised and i think the one if i was to start with one um, it was uh, the fact that the rcmp learned about this uh, on wednesday morning at approximately 8:30 in the morning when they got information from the fbi that this guy had posted uh, this uh, video it's not clear exactly you know what forum it was on but the information came to our national police force from the fbi and um, you know, so
0: where were our guys right
1: Well, and that's exactly the point it, it, it's a little more complicated than that because the issue for me is does that mean that the fbi for example has access to sites that our people don't and why is that is that a technical issue is there a legal issue is it a resource issue but i'll tell you something that and i've dealt with this cross-border information sharing as well too um, this is a sign of real um, operational leadership on the part of the RCMP because uh, they had a uh, relationship with the FBI such that the FBI provided them that information. All too often in my experience, and I've, I have, I've had direct experience in this, where you have on national security cases, um, I, I literally experienced this when I worked in Washington, Uh, where they say, well, you know, um, we don't need any uh, information from anybody else because we have everything that's important because we're, you know, the the organization, so we don't want to take anything from anybody else. And good leadership recognizes, think of it almost as an insurance policy, that you want to make sure that just in case we don't have everything, we have a good relationship with other people so that we can get the information. And that's what clearly happened here to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Roy Green Show weekends from 2 to 5 on AM 900 CHML.